Well, hello and welcome back to the latest episode of Between the Sundays. Uh, this is our effort to increase or extend what takes place on Sundays here at Generations Church and beyond. We may talk about other things beyond our church, but uh, beyond Sunday into the week. And, uh, and so I appreciate you joining us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast channel. Uh, and so today I have Pastor Carson Hale. He's our youth and young adults pastor. Hello. I have Pastor Connor Donald. He's our Hello. worship and production pastor. And, uh, and so I want us to jump in by talking a little bit about this past Sunday, and then we're going to talk kind of next Sunday and beyond. But this past Sunday was what we call a standalone sermon. It's not a part of a series. It kind of followed a holiday. We did one service, uh, which we have historically done when we come out of a holiday. So Labor Day, Memorial Day, July 4th, Thanksgiving, Christmas, yeah. that kind of stuff. And it was a lot of fun because we yeah. had a ton of people in the room and a lot of people that don't get to see one another. Uh, because they attend the 9.30 or the 11, so we all kind of came together at 10. But um, this past Sunday, I talked about this idea of thanklessness. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, like my app was telling me that was a misspelled <laughs> word, and I just kept saying, like, learn it, learn it, yeah. you know. Redline yeah. yeah, but the idea being coming out of Thanksgiving and having a heart of gratitude and thankfulness, a lot of times, if we're, you know, if we're true to ourselves, like looking in our heart, we, we don't always, are, we're not always thankful for the things that we have or the opportunities we've been given. And we look to the story there of like the, the the vineyard workers here where he says, this, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. And we talked even a, a little bit at the beginning about sometimes we read the Bible and we think it's always about us and we're yeah. always looking for mm -hmm. ourselves in the stories of scripture. But here Jesus says like the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner. He's actually revealing something about the father. Yeah. And so then I talked about our thanklessness as the workers of the vineyard is really often rooted in disappointment. And so you see that story play out. I'm not going to summarize it. You can go back and listen to the podcast if you miss Sunday, but you know, the idea that they're workers early in the morning at 9, 12, 3, 5, but they all got paid the same wage. Mm -hmm. And so those that came early in the morning, they were disappointed. They were frustrated because they expected to receive more. And I talked about, you know, our disappointments often, you know, comes from, you know, a, an attitude of ingratitude. You know, we feel entitled because we're ungrateful for what we did have. It comes from unrealistic expectations we met uh, that were unmet. So uh, expectations we set for ourselves and then they go unmet. Yeah. And then ultimately comparing ourselves to others and talked about like comparisons, the enemy of contentment. Um, and so we tried to resolve that by talking about like, how do we, how do we combat disappointment and thanklessness? It's be thankful for, you're not where you used to be. Yeah. Even if you're not where you want to go yet, that you're not where you, you, they were doing nothing, standing on the side of the field, doing yeah. nothing. And he called them to something Yeah. and then be thankful for what you have. You got, he honored his word. He gave you what you know, what he promised, you know, and, and then we looked at like grace and mercy. We're all, we all need that. So that's kind of a summary. That's in a nutshell, right? I just preached a whole message in four minutes, but like what, you know, what were, what were your thoughts as you listened? And again, I never say that to like, Oh, give me an attaboy. I'm saying like, just for you personally, you, you what, did so good. <laughs> what was the was application really for you? What, like, and then I'll, I'll come to you, Connor, but like, you know, what were your thoughts as you were sitting there on Sunday? It was huge. I, I had a personal takeaway and then I had a moment that I just thought was like really special. Um, but and I don't do this every Sunday again. He's not asking for attaboys, but he he did come off the stage, and I was like, that was incredible, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, and and what really stuck that. with me the most is probably um, when you spoke directly to people who had grew up in the faith, mm -hmm. like you've been in church your whole life, and you're wondering like, are these like you know? And then you told the story of like your youth pastor and how he like. You know, go go back and listen to the story, right? But like, <laughs> he was converted, radical... coming, yeah, naked in a ditch. Yeah, they woke him up, called him to the church. Clothed him first. Amazing. Like I said, amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. story. Amazing and so story. just just fantastic. But he was like, some of you, that's not your testimony. And so I remember being in high school and thinking like, God, I didn't have this radical conversion. Now, 
I think that got like from me personally came from a little pride, and then sure. I ended up getting a real nice testimony <laughs> when I went to college. Yeah. So go Flames! Yeah. But um, <laughs> but but basically, like, it stuck to me because you were like, maybe you don't have this testimony, and it's caused some discontentment in your life. Of God, what is this radical thing you're doing in other people, and like what's going on? And I think that like spoke to me on like such a large scale of like what the church has been, yeah, um, especially in, in America. But personally, you know, it's it was that quote you used um, that I think you know I think you quoted Thomas Jefferson twice. It was incredible. <laughs> I was like, is this the Fourth of July? What's going on? But like you quoted Thomas Jefferson, but it was. And I think he was quoting uh, Aristotle. Aristotle or yeah. Plato. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was, you know, people vastly overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in that 10 years. That was Pastor Mark Batterson. Okay. That, that quote, was, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that was Mark, Mark Batterson. Batterson. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. There was just so many Thomas yeah. Jefferson quotes. Um, but like, that was Mark Batterson. Okay. And that that just, I feel like that just directly speaks to my season of life as far as like having a kid and like all that going on. Um, like, I'm just like, okay, like also coming out of the legacy series yeah. of like, how am I building something long lasting for the kingdom through my life? Um, those, and so, sorry, I just, I preached like the other <laughs> half of the sermon. No, but, but go ahead. <laughs> Pastor Connor, what about you? What, 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 what kind of your takeaways from the thoughts of the day? Um, my first one was really just like when you were talking about, you know, like we look at the Bible and nine times out of 10, we're looking to get something out of it. Right. Um, we're looking at it from the perspective of, they're speaking to me. What what am I supposed to be learning? And it was a real eye opener, you know, where the, 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 in that context you were talking about, like he wasn't talking about us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, there are, there are a lot of different things in the Bible that are, that are pointed towards how to, how to make your life better, how to work through something. And, uh, you know, I, I, when you said that, I tried to think of another example of like, where God wasn't directing it towards us. And he was, he was talking about something else. And I was like, I can't think of any because I have fallen victim to that. Yeah. I read the Bible and like, what am I supposed to be getting out of it? Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where like, it, it was a big eye opener for me. And it was one of those things where I felt convicted and I was like, well, now I got to start looking at a different perspective. Yeah. So, well, I just, I think for all of us, like we all learn as we read scripture and we learn about ourselves, mm -hmm. but we do that by learning about the character and nature of God. And the, the yeah. central idea of Scripture or kind of the meta-narrative, like this larger narrative from the beginning to the end, is not me and you. It, it is God's redemptive story for, towards humanity, I mean, yeah. from the beginning to the end. So we're ultimately seeing God and His character and His nature through the person of Jesus, through, through the work of the Holy Spirit, through His presence, His power, and then the way He invites individuals into His story. So... I love the story that we talked about, this idea that the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner, yeah. but that landowner was constantly pulling workers into the vineyard. Yeah, yeah they and weren't so doing anything. They, they were weren't doing, doing nothing. They were doing nothing. Mm -hmm. And so. so I do think that it is important as we read it not to go into it looking for us in the story, but as we look for God, he's constantly pointing back to us. Yeah, He's yeah. constantly pointing his grace to us, mm -hmm. his love, his forgiveness, second chances and third chances, those kinds of things. Sure. And he used the words fall victim, and I, I'm guilty of that too. And so, like, like when you were speaking on that, like, it impacted me because I was like, oh, like, we live in, like, a works-based culture, and sometimes we read Scripture, and it's like, all right, what does God want me to do now? Yeah. What does God, you know, and sometimes that becomes a burden. Like, okay, mm -hmm. what does he have next for me? Yeah. Like, God wants you to do this, and then do this, and do this, and shape your life. And it's like, good stuff, and God wants to shape your life. But oftentimes, it's like, we're running ahead, and it is that 10 years of, like, all right, I'm supposed to be a super saint. I've been saved six months. Yeah, like, right. I, I shouldn't have any sin in my life. Right. And it's like, no, God's working that all together 
but like believe that he's sovereign enough to work through like your failures yeah. and that he is doing something. And like when we get in that workspace of like, I have to do this to myself so that God likes me. It's like, yeah. you didn't do anything. You were doing nothing in the first place. Yeah. He didn't like, he doesn't like you because you figured it out. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I, I think for, for all of us, um, and I don't know that we have, I know we don't have time to unpack this full thought, but the idea, and we, we say it around here, like which way is your arrow pointed? Mm-hmm. And so even what you're describing there as like this formation process, it, it there's an instantaneous work of God in salvation. Sure. And then there's also this like progressive work of sanctification and the cleansing of our, you know, of all unrighteousness and how he, he begins to work in us, the forming of making us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Like yeah. that, that is, there's an instantaneous part of that. Like we, we take on the righteousness of Christ, I believe, at the moment of salvation. Yeah, mm-hmm. But we also are formed into the image, kind of like the potter around that clay. Like he's forming us and yeah. shaping us and removing imperfections and removing. And so, like, there's this formation process. So it's not about like telling a little white lie. And I'm not minimizing sin, but yeah. I'm saying, like, it's not about that. It's that is there this separation from God as it relates to the chasm that he crossed with Christ and the, and the cross there? But, like, the idea being, like, I'm pointing my arrow towards him, and I'm saying, God, I want you to do this redemptive work, yeah. this formation work in my heart and my life, and wherever you see those things, draw me to conviction, not towards repentance necessarily, but towards formation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I do yeah. think, like, as we're talking about, like, fall victim and all of the various pieces, and we're kind of dovetailing towards something else, this idea of, like, allowing God to continue that work by just keeping my arrow pointed towards him and, and saying almost in the most cliche part, you know, way possible, not like you know, he's my co-pilot. Like, God, you are the pilot. You're the leader and director of my life. Like, form me and shape me into what you want me to be. And maybe that comes out of thanklessness and disappointment and rejection or sin or behaviors or attitudes. But wherever those things don't reflect you, pull them out of me, help me to give those things to you and replace them with more and more of your character and nature in my life. Yeah. So Um, good. I I mean, I'm fully willing to make this our first 30-minute long episode. (laughs) Like, if you just want to just keep this deep dive. So good. Well, I just think, you know, again, it it takes Sunday's message and it goes a little further than it did, which I think is a a, a desire we have for these, even these podcasts, but just recognizing where is God continuing to do a work in me and where does God continue to, you know, need to do a continual work in me? Um, Because sometimes what we do is we make salvation the end Mm -hmm. and salvation is the beginning. And there's so much beyond that, that I can be a follower of Jesus Christ and still have disappointment in the way that I think God is, you know, working in other people's lives, or I can look at comparison and those things just don't reflect or there's sinful behaviors or addictive behaviors that I've got to continue to ask God to purge me, you know, so that my, my freedom actually reflects what he's called me to. You Um, can be saved. I mean, I've been saved since I was seven years old and I'm constantly learning. mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that's, and there's a lot of people that think that like, Oh, you've been saved for a while. You must have all the answers. Nope. No, I don't think anyone does. Yeah, I good. think I think we have people who are definitely have more wisdom and have walked through circumstances that yeah. younger people or uh, people younger in their faith have never been through. Sure. But like, definitely for me, it's just like I'm I'm constantly learning and just like yeah. God, how do I get better at this and X Y Z and That's all great. this? So, but, That's great. Well, let's let's pivot from this past Sunday. This this coming Sunday. We have uh, kind of a multi-generational Christmas worship experience. A family um, tree. It's going to be a really, really cool day. Um, so, Pastor Carson, why don't you talk a little bit about that? What, Just in a nutshell, again, I've used that word three times now, I think. But, like, you know, the 30, 60-second version. Like, what's Sunday going to look like, and what are we trying to accomplish no, yeah. with it? So, we're doing a generational Christmas service, and what we're doing is kind of looking at different stories 
throughout the text that all point to Jesus. I think yeah. we're going to go from big moments, you know, the flood, Isaiah's prophecy, stuff like that. But we're doing generational. We're hanging ornaments on trees. We've got the oldest of the generations, whether it's Debbie Summers, and she's, we won't say, she's 30, and uh, Brody Mager, who's four? Four, yeah. four. So, I mean, like, we've got different, different. We, we're trying to get all age groups represented. We've got preschoolers singing. Um, and Pastor Mallon's done an incredible job, like, really working on this together, sometimes in spite of me and Connor. Um, <laughs> she's she's yeah. crushing it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we've got that going on. And then we've got our youth band, which is going to be up there um, with our usual Sunday team and... I mean, who knew these high schoolers could sing? Yeah, they 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 can sing. That's great, and, and I love he it. can speak to that more than me. I'm tone deaf. I just think I can hear him. You're the but, guy I'm talking about Sunday when I say just make a joyful noise. Oh, I'm, just I'm, put a smile on your face and be off key. It doesn't matter. I'm excited. I can't hear how bad I am when I'm singing. I'm like, Ooh, I hate this for other people. So, so Pastor Connor, just talk to us a little bit. Like, what do you love about multi generational worship? Like, what we're going to experience Sunday? Like, what what's the power in that? What do you love about that? Oh man, for me, like. Pastor Carson said the these high schoolers that are there there's a group of ladies that have been singing um your son Tucker has been singing on the worship team they've been doing a great job um and there are a couple and uh I'm not going to name anybody I don't want to solo out anybody sure. but but there have been many moments where it was like we have been worshiping on our Sunday night youth service and <laughs> I I just I tell them I say just worship. You know, this is our my my big slogan for our whole team is this is not a concert we're putting on. We are just here to create the atmosphere to allow everybody to worship. Um and I I encourage every one of our leaders on stage to worship. And man, it, in the past couple of weeks it's just been I just I've been in my zone just kind of worshiping and playing and then they just kind of something breaks loose over there. Um and they they just they just, they just take it above and beyond. And we'll step away and we'll be like, that was amazing. And it's not just like, you know, you're putting in hard work and it's and it's great. But to see that on the other end, yeah. you know, you look at someone like like Chelsea Bailey mm-hmm. uh, or Aaron Worrell, who has been singing a little bit longer or been on a worship team longer. And so the difference between the two of like, I'm just starting out in this yeah. and I'm finding out like, hey, you can sing really well because like I've never sang with you before all the way up to like yeah. I've sang with Chelsea and Craig now m- multiple times and I love leading with them and Aaron and it's just able to like you're able to see okay someone who's been doing it a while haven't done it yeah. but we get them on a stage together That's right. and it just kind of bridges that gap and there's a lot of communication between right. you know just getting tips and tricks and, and whatnot and just like like I was talking about earlier the wisdom being poured in from somebody who's been doing it longer and so it's really awesome to see just, and with all of our elementary and preschoolers, it's really awesome to see them all on stage together. Um, just that uniformity of our church come together. Um, and I, I say old and young, yeah. but I, I mean that in the context of like people who are new to this and who have been doing it a while. Um, and it's just, it's That's really great. awesome to see. You know, obviously the name of our church is Generations Church. It's it's on my coffee mug right here, and uh, I was seeing if your shirt had it on this. It's a different shirt. Live but like it matters. Live today. like it matters. But um, the idea being that for Generation Church, I mean, we draw that out of the narrative of Scripture. I mean, from Deuteronomy six, mm-hmm. that you know, this is for you, your children, your children's children. It says, you know, like, write the law on the doorpost. Right, talk about it as you walk down the road. Like, there is this, you know, like helping the next generation understand. Psalms talks about you know, one generation commending thy works to another. Joel chapter two talks about old men and young men and like seeing dreams and having visions. And so we see 
generational works of God. You see Titus chapter two, it talks about let the old men teach the younger men and the older women teach the younger. Mm -hmm. Like there is something about generational transfer of a faith. Now, each individual generation, we talked about this in the legacy series, they have to decide for themselves. It doesn't matter how much I model it in my home or Corey and I do. My kids still have to accept Christ for themselves yeah. and, mod and, and live out faith for themselves. But what has been modeled for them does help give them experience in the faith and and point them to stories of faith. And so, you know, I love that. I love Sundays like we're going to have this coming Sunday. But really, every single Sunday, we try to make an effort to create an environment for generational worship. It, it, it's not necessarily as, as obvious as it's going to be on Sunday because yeah. of the various ages that will take the stage. But our church, I think, is a reflection of our heart for generations, sure. that it's moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas oh, yeah. and two and three and four generations within the same church family, and I love that. There's yeah. something powerful about that picture. I, mean, I go up to kids as often as I can, at least once. A, I mean, to watch them worship and then you know the youth worship on Sunday. I just It just does something when you see someone your age up there. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think it changes a lot for all generations. And then also for the older generation to see the next generation up yeah. there being like, okay, we have hope. They are going to pick up the mantle. That's great. You know? yeah. And so I think, I think that's really cool. That's great. Well, and there's always something fun, too. We all got a video last night from somebody. It will remain <laughs> nameless. Uh, one kid was oh. rehearsing and <laughs> yeah. did a flip and accidentally kicked their sister in the face on accident. But <laughs> they were like a chance. Took it like a Looked chance. Like I, I mean, just boom. Just, just no big deal. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear any cries. The video kind of video cut, cut, but we didn't hear any yeah. cries. I did confirm she did cry, but she did quote unquote take it like a champ. That's awesome. There well, we see, I, I what I love is they were preparing for Sunday. Now there is no like on stage. off the top <laughs> turnbuckle, you know, kicking one another in the face. She's been working on the motions, but you know, like the Christmas Sunday kids Christmas. You, know, you put preschoolers and toddlers on stage, you just never know what you're going to get. Oh well, yeah, and it's not exciting when they know the words. <laughs> that's right. It's yeah. exciting when yeah. the like the opportunity to get kicked in the face just presents. Well, that itself. and standing up there under the lights and people staring at you, you just never know. You yeah. just never know who's going to rise to the occasion. You never. Yeah. I've never seen hey. Pastor Connor kick Craig in the face, <laughs> but somebody might do. You, it never, know. you I, never know. I just saw a video of a kid who was reciting the books of the Bible and he was doing it in a in a musical way, like singing it. And then after that, his parents convinced him, when you get done and you say Revelation, we want you to start singing All My Exes Live in Texas. So I he goes, he goes, I did see Revelation, that. All My Ex, and then just starts. And I was like, that's hilarious. You never so, know. You never, you know. never know. We may have that George appearance Drake on Sunday. <laughs> you up. never know. So this Sunday is our multi-generational Christmas service. And that really kicks off kind of a month-long yeah. you know, Christmas yeah. for us um, on the 11th. Uh, so not this coming Sunday when we're recording, but two Sundays from now. Um, we've got a couple things. We're doing child dedication. We've got a couple families that will dedicate children that day. It's going to be a really special day. We always yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, we also are taking up our legacy offering on that day. And um, this is an annual offering that we take as a church family. We we ask for 100% participation. And what we're asking, like if this is your church home, invest in some over and above giving to help yeah. us accomplish more. It's not to pay the bills. It's not to do the ministry we're already doing. It really is to facilitate some new endeavors. Got yeah. some cool stories. That yeah, go there's some amazing it, so. stories that we're going to start telling this Sunday as we yeah. kind of move toward that. But um, and and I'm excited about this year's legacy offering and what it'll allow us to do. And then the 18th, we'll have another Christmas at Generation service where we're going to really kind of just lean into the Christmas story. Um, and then we're hosting this year our Christmas Eve service. Um, at six o'clock on yeah. December the twenty fourth, and yeah. so if you're watching, you're listening, you're in the local area, you're part of our church family. We want you to register for that. It's free, but it helps us just plan 
to have enough seats for you. That that will again be everybody in the room. There's no G Kids environments that night, so families can come worship together. We'll have some things for the kids to be able to participate. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be a special night. It's awesome. a special month. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about all that we're gonna experience together as we kind of celebrate the Christmas season uh, here at Generations Church. So thanks so much for watching and listening today. Uh, we love you. We're thankful for you. And uh, until next time, between the Sundays, Let's God bless. Go.